there, my name's Joe Shufo and welcome to Tech Talks in 20, the podcast designed to better your customer experience in around 20 minutes with Genesis experts. Today, I'm joined by Leon Vimanitz. He's the Director of Design Systems at Genesis, and we're talking about building better user experiences with Genesis Cloud using design systems. If you're like me, you probably don't know what a design system is. And Leon took us through that in this podcast, the notion that it's about building things quicker with guidelines and guidance and taking advantage of having a single source of truth in that design system so that developers can build things faster for us and understand that source of wisdom that maybe they don't know about user experience and user guidelines. If you're using Genesis Cloud, that means you're not only getting features quicker because there's less time to develop, but you're getting things that are consistent, things that you know how to use, and you're not spending time relearning interfaces for each piece of the product. This is a really exciting idea because it comes down to helping those that build and those that use come together to create something great. So I hope you like this episode. Leon, thank you for joining us. We always like to kick it off with a basic question. Can you just tell us about your background and how it's enabled you to where you are today in the role you have? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've been in the field of UX and UX design for many years now. I started in UI design and that led me into UX. I worked at BlackBerry during the the rise of the smartphone and learned a lot about UI and UX design while I was working in, in that space, in the mobile space. And that led me to uh, Genesis, where I was doing a lot of product design for our cloud platforms and built a UX design team of designers and researchers. And at that time, when we were building out our cloud design, we also were thinking about UX guidelines and UI guidelines around how we build products. That was kind of the, the first aspect of me getting into defining UI guidelines for our products. And eventually that led to where I am today, where uh, now I maintain a team of designers and lead the design system initiative here at Genesis and Genesis Cloud. So leading a team and going through the design guidelines like you're doing now, why did we even end up with something like that? Is there a distinct benefit to having a team leading that as opposed to just having designers that are on staff and, and giving their expertise? Having a set of guidelines and reusable components and standards can help anybody, whether it's designers or, or developers who are building products at scale, uh, assemble together any number of applications. And with, with having that in place, it allows designers and, and developers to focus on additional things such as innovation, right? And once you have these standards in place, it allows us to create these products at scale, but there's a lot of other benefits that come with that. Really the design system team is what we're doing is we're enabling and empowering teams to do their best work. And having this design system there for them gives them that flexibility to focus on things like building and innovation. That's pretty cool. So could you argue that because a lot of the work and the thoughtfulness has already been put in to the foundation as a designer or even as a developer, you're already getting to the part you wanted to start from. You're not 
working from the foundation and then having to build where you wanted to start. So does it give you the ability to start from a higher place and start adding value right away as a developer or designer in another area? You know, the design system focuses on things like scalability and consistency and accessibility. And that all that is in the system baked right in. From that point, like if you're a designer who's working on building a product, it already gives you those tools in place. And with having the team that's dedicated to the design system as well, focusing on understanding the, the needs of the people that are building those products especially within Genesis, it helps us understand what types of tools or elements that they need to do their job better. And that's really what we want to do is we want to enable them to do their job better. Okay, so definitely a lot more than just a set of guidelines then. I know uh, this is something we had talked about in the past is it's so much more than just that. It definitely is. Like, I mean, some people would say that, you know, a design system is a style guide and pattern library. And I think that's a really great starting point. But it's not only that, to me, a design system is more of like a collection of components that can be reusable, standards that are clear and guided. And these types of elements can be used and assembled in many different ways to build many different types of applications and products. To me, it's really about how the organization scales and also the story behind how the design system is being incorporated to help the organization build amazing products. So Leanne, could you talk a little bit about how the design system even came to be at Genesis? And is there anything unique about your approach here? I know there's probably some history that changes the way that other companies have thought about design systems too. For sure. And I think we started thinking about design systems a while ago, a few years back, where we had the guidelines, as I mentioned, and then we also met with the core UI team, which is our development team that helps us build the component library. And we knew that this web component library that we have today would support the guidelines as well. And there would be this connection between the guidelines and the component library. But we didn't really have a dedicated design system team to evolve that and to, to grow that. So the great thing is that about a year and a half ago, we started to focus on building that design system and design system team. And that's where I got to create the dedicated team and work with the core UI team on a more consistent basis to build out this first initial design system. Coming into that, did you have an expectation? Was it brand new? Was it scary <laughs> taking that on? There was some unknowns in terms of how we would approach it, and that took some pivoting to happen. But the great thing is, is we already had a lot of elements in place that we leveraged for the first version of our design system. That is what helped us and guided us. I mean, we're still in that, I'd say that infancy stage of scaling the design system, but we've built a really great foundation. And to get to that foundation took months of dedicated work to really find that out. And we did different activities, speaking to stakeholders and whatnot to understand their needs better. And, and through those interviews and, and those stakeholder discussions, that's where we learned how to pivot and how what would benefit these types of people. So as we look at the people that use Genesis day in and day out, the end user, uh, the customers we have, is there a benefit to them when they think about what design systems are doing within Genesis and the products we create? 
I definitely think so because the design system enables us to scale and the benefits they get are part of what we include into the design system. So accessibility, like our design component, our, our components are thought about with accessibility in mind. Our ability to scale and create velocity around the design system while building products, it allows us to create things faster. And when we create things faster, they come to market faster. So our customers get these elements that can help them do their jobs quicker and at a higher output level. So I think there's definite benefits to our customers. And also, you know, the fact is, is that I truly believe that a design system enables us to build our products in a more innovative way. And if we have that big, that allows us the ability to create those products as well in a more innovative way, which benefits our customers. I think there it's a win-win for us internally to have the design system, but also for our customers who benefit from all the awesome things that get built. I think something you hit on so nicely was there's hyper growth. And if developers are trying to get features out quick and they're trying to get those features out with the end customer in mind, part of that is having a single source for them to maybe tap into some shared wisdom. I think you've referenced this in the past. Anything that you'd share that you've kind of learned along the way as you're taking on this design system and trying to help developers? You know, one, one thing I want to touch on is like the fact is that when you're innovating on the way we build design systems, it helps us innovate on products. And that's where we benefit, right? That's where our customers benefit. And it allows us to focus in on that innovation for our internal users, people that are building our products, like what I like to call them as is like creative technologists. Those are the people that if we give them the right things to to use and support them, then that's where that innovation can happen quicker for our products. That's a huge point. We should dig into that. As you look at those creative people and what they're trying to accomplish, are there stories? Anything you could share that shows how it's different without a design system? For sure. I mean, without a design system, people can build products, but it can become fragmented. It could slow down and you wouldn't always quickly benefit from things that get updated or improved and such as accessibility and accessibility is a big one because you know we have a big focus on accessibility for the design system within our components and within the way we approach the foundational elements such as colors and whatnot we care about that i care about that i think it's it's super key utilizing the design system allows people that are utilizing the components and the guidelines to be able to quickly get access to those updates and that benefits all our customers at the end of the day. I've shadowed contact centers. I was in customer experience myself as a support engineer, which I probably bring up in every single podcast and I should stop. But one of the things I noticed is you can hear the quiver in someone's voice when you're reaching out to them and you have a problem and they're trying to help you, but they're also distracted by the interface. So if they can't find what they need or something happened that they lost track of and you bring up empathy, my point is, it's really hard to be empathetic if you're just distracted because you're not really tuned into the problem. You're tuned into what's happening on the screen. So that's really key. That's cool to hear your perspective on how you're enabling that too. Just getting used to the product every day. That's right. And I think it's like, it has this effect that if we focus in and listen to the needs of the people building our products, it just makes their lives better. And that in turn can help them focus on building better products that will help our customers' lives 
and have better experiences. And that's really what is important to me is about creating these better experiences for everybody. Because I think, you know, if our product designers and our developers are able to leverage all these great patterns and rules and guidelines, it prevents them from having these inconsistencies that they have to think about when shipping products at scale. It removes those barriers. And through that removal of those barriers, that's when things can get really exciting. That's when, you know, things like time saving happens and the output gets better and the engagements get better. That's really what's uh, super fun about design systems. It's cool. You guys are a bit of the cloud computing of design in the sense that you're telling people, look, you don't have to build a server farm. You don't have to go through all of that pain. We've taken the lessons. We've built it for you. You can start building on top of it. And even as you see with cloud, all of the cool applications that are coming out because of it, because infrastructure isn't something holding people back anymore. It's out there and people can learn from it. So it's neat to see how you're doing that here. Yeah, and it's really exciting just to talk to, you know, the people that are building our products and learn more about them and see how we can, you know, as I mentioned, enable them and empower them to do their best work, right? That's really what we want to do through the design system is empower teams to do their best work. Because we know we ship great products. We, we ship and deliver a lot of great work. But we want to keep that going. We want to keep that scalability going, that quality of the work improving, and we're trying to do that without having to always use these big, large teams to do that. And that's where I think what I was mentioning is, you know, without having the need to have these big, large teams maintaining these components and whatnot, but instead utilizing the design system for that need, it allows us to create and innovate at a faster pace. Do you think that enables teams to go off on their own a bit more if they're trying to to work on something that's specific to their area. They're no longer having to come back and huddle. Oh, no, definitely. Because I should mention also the name of our, we have, we have a name for our design system. It's called Spark. And just based on what you just said is the reason we named it Spark, because we want people to be sparked by this design system. So it allows people to build products and have them attempt to build these products in the do-it-yourself kind of way, because all of those different patterns and rules and guidelines are, are at their disposal and they can utilize that when building products. So hopefully we've enabled these people to do that on their own as well. That's huge. Even as someone in marketing, it's really tough when someone asks me to launch a product and go, I, oh, I don't know what that looks like. What's the nuances? And so if you have a bit of a framework and someone says, this is what a go-to-market plan looks like, you can follow it. It's giving you suggestions of best practices all of a sudden, a little bit of creativity starts to loosen up because I'm not so weighed down in fear or complexity, but I can understand how to get to work. And it sounds like that's what you're giving developers. That's really neat. It also enables confidence too. Like, so you can quickly iterate with confidence. You know, having that one-stop shop or what we call a single source of truth at their disposal, it allows them to think about how to scale using this UI language that's already defined for them and evolving as well. So they're always gonna have that knowledge there through Spark and it allows them to also streamline their processes so they can do more with less. That's also big because I remember my time as an administrator and there's a joke that if an enterprise application, when you think about the user interface, the reason why it gets the term enterprise is because it's hard to use. And so it sounds like the benefit I'm getting out of this is I'm getting features but I'm also getting some thoughtfulness on how those features come together. And they didn't always typically go together. So 
it's cool to hear that that's the vision here is making sure they jive in a way. And that's where we did a lot of the upfront work when we were building the design system to understand what did go together, what was not really jiving together and understand how to make that be more cohesive and bring that into the design system. And I would say, make it more useful and usable for everyone. So when you look at the future of this, what's what's next for what you guys are doing with Spark? What's next for the design system itself? There's a lot going on. So design systems, I see them as ever evolving. Like there isn't like an end spot to a design system. It's always going to be evolving and growing. And through the evolution of the design system, we're always looking to improve things and build, you know, a track of things that we would like to add in to help the design system grow, but also give people the tools and, and the things that they will need to help them be successful. So we're always thinking about how to evolve the design system. And we, we definitely have an exciting roadmap in place in terms of that evolution. What about, just out of curiosity, any books that have given you inspiration or people that you like to learn from about these topics? There's a few people out there, especially around the subject matter of atomic design, because this is the UI methodology that we use that brings structure to the way we think about our components and how we build and construct these components and bring specific logic to the way we, we think about our design patterns and our components. So anything to do with like atomic design is a good place to start. To us, it's that specific area that we like to focus in on and structure our design system around. So if people want to learn more about atomic design, I think that is a key area to learn more about when it comes to design systems and how they're built. Now, the one question that I do like to ask everyone on the podcast is, as we look at the things you use day in and day out, is there anything that's in your personal tech stack that you cannot live without? And that could be anything. That could be an app. It could be a device. What is it for you? I love creating lists and tasks and a combination of both. So it could be a list about anything, like things I'm planning, goals that I have, dreams and aspirations of life in general, work or just fun things in general. I've been using this product called Clear and it's a mobile app and I've been using it for many years. And a few reasons why I love it is because it's just really really simple to use and it's based around a lot of touch gesturing and the way it's just built is so i would say natural to the way i think and, and would want to use an app to, that creates lists and tasks and it's just it just has a fluidity to it that allows me to to do these things really quickly along the lines of that i was actually talking to a colleague of mine last week and he introduced me to this other task-based app called things and it's a desktop app and it just has these features that also allow me to create lists and tasks super quickly and i think that's really useful for me is like i sure i can jot them down on a on a notepad but these apps allow me to do it in a much clear and clean way and it helps me to get better organized. So I would say Clear and Things are the two apps that I just truly love right now. That's cool to hear. My life runs on things. I have it on every device. <laughs> and I used to be really big into to-do lists on little notepads. And then I found a notepad from two years ago. 
And I was like, oh, I never did any of that. I actually forgot all of those tasks and they're, they're pretty important. So uh, if I ever get arrested for not showing up to jury duty, I can blame it on not using things early <laughs> enough. That's probably what it would be. That's awesome. Leanne, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciated you taking us through Spark and the design systems that you've been working on. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. And for those listening, thanks for joining us for another episode of Tech Talks in 20. Be sure to check out our resources on this episode and don't forget to click subscribe so that you can tune into more focused episodes on bettering your customer experience. Thanks so much.